Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. Well, I asked you a question. Do any of you have trouble staying on task? Do any of you sometimes wander away from your responsibilities? Often, my wife tells people this. She said, the only reason God called me to preach is because I would sleep through everybody else's preaching. (laughs) Staying focused is a major challenge. I said, staying focused is a major challenge. Any of you have any problems with that? Well, in the words of my we didn't use sure, it was sure. I sure do. Well, what can we do to stay on focus? How do we keep our focus? And find an answer. How many believe that's the best place to find an answer? Finding the Word. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Some of you out, some of you, we've already lost you because you're already there. You're already perfect. But some of us, Raul, still have trouble staying on task, right? Still have difficulty. But I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. How can we maintain purpose? Isn't that what Paul was telling Timothy in his letter? And I know I just covered in our, our series on 2 Timothy. But go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. Until I come, now this was Paul writing to Timothy, but I think the words for Jesus, until he comes, until he takes us out of this mess, we're to devote ourselves to public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of the elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that you may see your progress. How many things God wants us to show progress to other people? And He also wants you to see progress. He wants you to see that, well, you know, I'm... I'm not going as fast as I want to, but I am growing. I can see some progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but there are several words that denote that there has to be a little bit of effort. There has to be a little bit of effort. And I realize that work is a four-letter word. And a lot of people don't like it. 
And we do not earn our salvation, but there's a lot of things in the Bible that tells us that we need to persist in. That we need to work at. That we need to grow. And so that's what Paul was telling Timothy. He said, listen, Timothy, you need to keep on doing these things. But the question is, okay, that sounds good, but how do we do it? How do we keep our focus? Now, I know none of you have been swayed by anything that's on the news recently. I know it doesn't concern you that none of you have been uh, looking and seeing what's going on in Israel. None of you got caught up in looking for gas. You know, there's a lot of things to keep our focus off of God. But how many things God wants us to maintain focus? Amen. To look and see, okay, well, well, how do we do it? Well, Johann Bingo was a biblical scholar in the late 1600s and the early 1700s. And he wrote a Greek testament. Now, he had some controversial issues. But in explaining the scripture we read there of Paul, he said it this way. The eye goes before and draws on the hand. The hand goes on before and draws on the foot. Now, I know somebody said, what in the world are you talking about? That means that we take things one step at a time. We keep proceeding and keep going forward. Uh, Louis L'Amour, one of my favorite writers, a uh, Western writer, he says, victory is not won in miles, but in inches. Win a little now, hold your ground, and later win a little bit more. But that's how we keep going forward. So in the words, of, again, of the Bible scholar, the eye goes before and then the draws on the hand. The hand goes before and draws on the foot. What's he saying? You put one foot in front of the other. You keep on progressing. You keep on going. Keep on. Now, I know some of you are probably breathing a sigh of relief and saying, finally, he's speaking to everyone else but not me. But I believe that every one of us here need to hear the message. We need to regain our focus. And some of you say, why? Why would you say that, Pastor? Because every day, you probably don't hear it. But every day I see Christians worried and stressed out about the things happening around them. Now, should we be concerned? Yes. We certainly could. We, but if our focus is upon the world's situation and circumstances, we have lost our main focus. Amen. I said, if our focus is on all the things going around us, we've lost what we're supposed to focus on. Now, what are we supposed to focus on. Well, I want to go back to the passage I read. I read it real quickly and you might not have got it. But in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 not that I've already obtained this. What's this? What God has for us. Or already perfect but I press on to make it my own. I press on to make it my own. What do we make our own? Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Now that's worth reading again. I press on one day at a time, one inch at a time, one victory at a time, one challenge at a time to make it my own. 
Because Jesus has made me his own. Hebrews 11, 6, we all can quote that verse, different translations, but we know it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, or King James says he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. Notice that word, seek him. That means to look for him. Looking for God. So I'm keeping our focus on God and the things of God. But sometimes I don't do that. Sometimes I listen to the news. Sometimes I listen to Christians complaining. Sometimes I listen to issues that are important. So we may lose our focus. You may have lost your focus a few times this week. Now don't be ashamed of it. Just to acknowledge, say, I've lost my focus. I lost my focus. And so now I've got to refocus, re-gear, and realize I do it one step, one inch at a time. Pursuing it one inch at a time. Isaiah chapter 51 is kind of interesting. Isaiah 51 1 says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness. You who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Now, we could spend a lot of time on that verse. But that word says, seek righteousness. Now, according to Vines, that means that his definition was to find something that is lost or missing. How many thinks the general public that righteousness is lost and missing? How many knows that on the, when in the garden that man lost his righteousness? Amen. And ever, then, ever since then, we've had to pursue or to look for righteousness. Now, the amazing things, we don't look for it in people. We look for it in Christ because he is our righteousness. So he has made us his own. But we are looking for that uh, righteousness that comes from God. Pursue. One step at a time. But it's easy to get caught up in the long range. You can look down to the finish line and see all the goods on what he would have us. Had an interesting article in this month's minister's letter. Power of a gospel-centered church. He was doing an interview and the newsman was asking him about issues and challenges facing the church. How many knows there's some challenges facing the church? But he asked the question, he says, why has the church lost its power? And basically said the church hasn't lost its power. The church has lost its focus. The church has lost its focus. We're focusing on the problems, not on the power. Now that deserved a bigger amen than that. We're focusing on the problems. Now are the problems real? Certainly. 
But the God still has the power. We are well aware of the verse in Ephesians chapter 1. But let me just read it in case you don't know it. Where it says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. The hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Now that doesn't sound like a defeated church. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly fathers or heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name is named not in this age but also in the age to come and put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things. In other words, that power still exists in the church today. Pastor Clay said it, it's possible to be committed to the church, but not to Christ. But you cannot be committed to Christ and not be committed to the church. He goes on to say this, a church that fixes his eyes on Christ is a gospel-centered church, and it has tremendous power. What's he saying? He said the church that focuses on Christ. Focuses on the things of God. Focuses on the purpose of God. That church has tremendous power. I'm going to share something with you that might offend some of you. But I want to look at two Old Testament stories. Just briefly. I could preach an entire message on this, and I am getting ready to launch a series on Old Testament treasures. There's a lot of great treasures in the Old Testament. But in Deuteronomy chapter 20, Moses was not going to get to go into the promised land, but he was getting the people prepared to go in. He was trying to realign their focus on what they were getting ready to do. Let's read there. When you go to, out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots, what's he saying? So when you pick up the newspaper and see something about COVID, about the bombings in Israel, when you're talking about all these things, when you remember and see all these things, you can focus on those if you want to. But he says, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you. Who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to battle. The priest shall come forward and speak to the people. And shall say to them. Hear O Israel to, today. You are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Let not your heart faint. My heart is broken. For Christians. So discouraged, so frustrated, disturbed my focus. I want to focus on the things of God. Amen. But it says, do not fear or with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. 
Then the officers shall speak to the people saying, Is there any man who has built a new house and is not dedicated? Let him go back to his house lest he die in the battle and another man dedicated. What's he talking about? He said, If you've lost your focus and you're looking at something else, you're not doing much good in battle. And is there any man who has planted a vineyard and has not enjoyed its fruit? Let him go back to his house lest he die in the battle and another man enjoy its fruit. What's he saying? Is he condemning people that are farmers? Is he condemning people that just got married? No. He said, listen, you need to keep your focus on the things of God. Because if your focus is elsewhere, you're going to have some problems. You're going to have some problems. Let's go over to a few more, uh, one more scripture in the Old Testament. What was, what was Jesus, what was God telling those people? He, he was telling them, I need people that are willing and capable of keeping the focus. You getting ready to do battle? Now, a lot of people ask me what I think about the end times, what's going on. I believe we see the Bible being fulfilled right before our very eyes. Now, am I making a prophetic statement and saying that Christ is coming? The church is going to happen tomorrow. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you that Paul believed that 2,000 years ago and we're 2,000 years closer. It's closer. But did you see Paul sweating about current events? He said, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to keep my focus. I'm going to keep on walking. One step at a time. I'm going to keep pursuing the thing. And he said, Timothy, you do the same thing. He said, church, you do the same thing. Because we got to keep our focus on these things. He said, I want you to do that. I shared a little story on my pastor's phone call this week. Some of you heard it. But just in case you missed it. Many people have asked me why I enjoy going to some of the conferences I go to particularly the Global Pastors Network with James Davis and others. And I really could never give them an answer. Because when I go, those people are, I consider them giants in the faith. And I really didn't know how to answer, but somebody gave me an answer to that. See, there was a, a country bumpkin that wanted to enter his mule in the Kentucky Derby. All of his friends laughed at him, Gator, said, yeah, that mule won't have a chance. He won't have a chance. And he said, I know it. But he'll sure get to meet a lot of fine horses. <laughs> and so I realized the reason I like to go there is I may not expect to win and run with those guys, but I get to meet some fine horses. I get to meet some fine folks, and I'm going to tell you something. Now, now say, well, you say, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, some of you need to watch the people you're hanging out with. Because it's destroying your focus. Now, I'm not saying you ignore them. The Bible is quite clear that we, we have to hang around with people we want to minister to. But when those people begin to influence us to the degree... That we're losing our focus. We need to refocus. Focus on the things of God. 
Let's go to that other Old Testament story. So many truths in this, but in Judges chapter 7, we find a guy by the name of Gideon. The Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 reigned. So two-thirds of his army left. Because God said, I don't need those that are fearful. I can't do anything with those that are scared to death. But there still was 10,000. And the Lord said to get in, the people are still too many. Take them down to the water and I will test them there. How is he going to test them? I'm not going to take time to pause, but he really gave two things. He said, check them out. said, if they kneel down and hold the sword in one hand and lap like a dog, that means they're watching. That means they're still alert. That means they still got their focus. But if they throw the sword down and they just bury their face in the water, they've lost their focus. And I can't use those. Only 300 was watching. Only 300 kept the focus. But let me remind you of something, both of these stories. God made it very clear. He said, I don't want you to think that you did anything. During the last election, and don't get mad at me, but I believe there's a lot of people that thought that we were going to change the world. And God says, we don't have that authority. I'm going to show you who can change the world. Now, I don't know what the future holds. There's a lot of things that's going on in my country that, that bothers me. But I believe God's saying you've got to regain your focus. Don't look. Do I, want, I think everybody here knows that I've ran for political office twice. So I believe in being involved in politics. We need to take an interest. But folks, you and I are not going to be the solution. It's going to have to be through God. And if we have a spiritual revival, guess what? A political revival will follow. But a political revival does not guarantee a spiritual revival. Let me say that again. A spiritual revival will cause a political revival. But a political revival is not guaranteed to change and cause a spiritual revival. Amen. God says, give me those 300 men. Give me those 300 men that are focused on the job. And we'll be more than conquerors. I can tell you something. I can't predict the future. I don't know what's going to happen. 
But I can tell you this. I'm going out a winner. Because God says I win. Well, what if this happens? What if that? It may happen. But as long as my focus is on God, as long as my focus is on that scripture where he says that we're going to, he's redeemed me, he's given me everything, then I don't have to worry about it. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And there's a bunch that I could be reading. Romans chapter 15. Verse 11. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Now, who's the Gentiles? Basically, the church. See, the Jews, initially, the first group was 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 uh, Jewish but after that the bulk of them were Gentiles he said let all the Gentiles let all the peoples extol him and again Isaiah says the root of Jesse will come even who who arises to rule the Gentiles and him will the Gentiles hope now where is our hope our hope is in Christ the root of Jesse Our hope is in Christ. Our focus has to be upon Jesus Christ, the author, the beginning and the finisher of our faith. It goes on to say, may the God of hope. Did I misread that? Does it say the God of fear? Does it say the God of anger? He says the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. That's the reason I said that frustrates me. Now folks, I want you, again, I can't say it hard, strong enough. We need to be concerned with what's going on in the world. We need to be praying for Israel. We need to be doing tons of things. But our hope It's not in the United States of America. I love America. Our hope is in God. He is the author and the finisher of our hope. We started out there in Philippians. I want to just go another page over. A little bit further in, in that book. Philippians Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm. That means keep working. Keep pressing on. Keep focused. Stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. Drop down to verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. But pastor, you don't know what's going on. Where was Paul when he wrote these words? He was in prison. And he said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. 
I told you he said this 2,000 years ago. It's 2,000 years closer. And I believe the Lord is at hand. But do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Keep your focus. You say, well, pastor, I've lost it. Well, I lose it occasionally. I lose it sometimes. Why? Because I'm in the world too. I hear the complaints. I hear the fears. Sometimes I lose my focus. And I say, what's going to happen next? What if COVID comes back next year? What if, what if, what I do, I have to turn my focus and not focus on the COVID, not focus on the mask or not mask, not to focus on the oil shortage or lack of oil shortage. I have to focus on the things of God. And when I focus on the things of God, the God of hope, the God of hope, he says, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, the God of hope. Growing up in the Assemblies of God, we believed you had to get saved at least once a month. And I'm glad that that's not the case, but I'm also thankful that there's a hunger to help us to refocus on the things of God and to keep our minds on the things of Christ. Some of you are full of fear. And I'm not belittling you. I'm not being critical of you because we've all faced it. But you maybe need to change some people that you're listening to. That's the part I said would be offensive to some of you. But pastor, I've known them for 40 years. Well, if they're still babies in the faith, they need to be encouraged, but you don't need to be listening to them. If they're stirring up fear and anxiety, don't need to be listening to them. Listen to the Word of God. And the God of peace will be with you as we think on the things of God, not of the things of man. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do what I cannot do. I know this is a message for the church, but humanity might have gotten involved in it.
Help us to look at the spiritual side. Help us, Lord, to refocus, to redirect our focus away from the fears, away from the anxieties, away from the turbulence. Because, Father, you don't intend our lives to be full of turbulence. You are Jehovah Shalom, our peace. You're our peace. That's what you told Gideon, that you're our peace. You've proclaimed it throughout your word, that you're a very present help in time of trouble. So God, I ask you to help us today to refocus upon you. If that means that we need to recommit to you, let it be. If it means that we need to be more careful on who we're spending quality time with, let it be. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to renew our focus on the things of God today. The things of God today. We give you praise. Let's sing this old course. And if you need prayer, again, I hope nobody thinks that I was slamming them individually today. Because I think everybody here in this building has went through some turmoils. We've gone through some difficulty. But God does not want us to focus on the negatives, on the challenges. He wants to focus on who He is. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.